Welcome to the Fresh Nest Podcast, where we talk all things freshening your nest, from decluttering to cleaning, home styling and decor. I'm Hannah Bullivant, an interior stylist, and I teach students to decorate their homes from a place of self-knowing. Welcome. I am guessing you're fairly interested in home decor and decluttering because you clicked on this podcast. After all, which means I reckon you're going to love my Freshness Challenge and Freshness e-course, both of which are happening at the moment. So the challenge is seven days of small decluttering jobs that take you around your whole home. It starts actually on the 5th of May. It's available to catch up until the 19th of May. The challenge is £9. You get a daily email. There's a daily private podcast, a private Facebook group, and you can get the details of that at tinyurl.com slash freshnestchallenge. Then on Monday, the 9th of May, the cart opens for my flagship e-course, The Fresh Nest. Yes, I like things all uh, to be called the same thing. <laughs> I'm nothing if not predictable. Um, and basically, the e-course is a huge extension of the challenge. It's eight weeks of home decor, design and decluttering based on my 10 years experience working as a professional stylist and helping people to find their style and clear the clutter. Welcome to my first ever podcast. Um, that's actually not true. I have um, always provided a private podcast for my e-courses and I've always loved recording them. And as a consumer, I really love uh, audio content generally. I love listening to audiobooks and podcasts. And when it comes to e-course content or anything that's a bit more cerebral and learning, learning based, I just find that I listen better. I take it in more when I can listen to it. So I've always wanted to do a podcast um, and I'm excited that it's happening finally, um, just at the back end of COVID. So apologize, apologies if my voice is just a little gravelly. Um, but yeah, I much prefer talking than writing. And the idea is that this becomes my main sort of content stream, which is uh, really exciting. Anyway, my first episode is a little ranty that auto-corrected on my notes to Randy. That would have been an entirely different thing. Fun, but not quite where I'm going. So, home decluttering tips that no one is talking about. I teach decluttering. I live decluttering. I love decluttering. I also read a lot about decluttering. And there are a few areas that are just not talked about enough, in my opinion. So for my first podcast, I wanted to lift the lid a little bit on the decluttering industry and on some messages that, quite frankly, wind me right up. So let's get to it, shall we? So the first thing I want to start with is that decluttering can be gentle. You would be forgiven for believing that it is anything but gentle. But my approach to decluttering and home styling generally is gentle because you deserve to live in a home that feels safe and calm and you deserve to get there without totally exhausting yourself. And you can do that if you start small, keep going, make sure there's a place for everything and be ruthless about the things that you, are, you collect and keep. However, mainstream advice, hello Netflix, about decluttering and homestyling can be a little bit overwhelming for those of us who don't have days to spare to go through everything. I'm here to tell you that it does not have to be this way. One of my main 
tips and advice about decluttering generally is slow and steady wins the race. Just start. You don't have to clear three weeks of work and three weeks of childcare in order to make an incredible dent on your home. Just start with what you have, where you are, start small and keep going. So that's the first one. My second tip, belief, is that decluttering and simple living is a way of life. Decluttering isn't something that you can just do and forget about. It isn't just a single set of actions. It is not also, in my opinion, the Marie style of do it all in one go and then never do it again. As much as I wish that I could say, you just do this thing once and then your life has changed forever. I cannot. If you truly want your home to feel different, then you need to shift your mindset. It's about daily micro decisions not a huge decluttering sweep. I'll be talking more about this in future tips as well. The next thing is that clutter is very deeply connected to our mental health. So our homes are super powerful and they have a really big impact on our mental health and happiness, much bigger than I think they are given credit for generally. So because of the impact on our home, of, uh, of our homes on our happiness. If our homes are cluttered and messy and unloved, often that is reflected in other areas of your life. It's often connected in uh, general feelings of overwhelm or unworthiness or feeling, uh, you know, feelings of not being nurtured or loved enough. Um, and I just think, yeah, people don't talk about the mental health stuff enough in my opinion when we're talking about clutter because it can be linked quite deeply to trauma as well which often needs a bit of extra support love and help to get through it connected to the previous point address your hoarding do you keep multiples just in case when you look around your home can you see objectively that there is a lot of stuff that you're holding on to hoarding works on a scale so you can be like, you know, mega hoarder or mild hoarder, but it's always connected to something deeper. If you have found that your attempts to declutter in the past have been really difficult, if it feels unsafe at any point or it causes a panic response, it's probably because there is a deeper trauma there that needs addressing. I am not qualified to talk further on this, but I do want to share that many of my clients and students have realized that there is a deeper level to their clutter get therapy. I love my therapist and I really do believe that everyone would benefit from having it. Um, if you're in the UK, the NHS does offer some free talking therapy, which is a really good place to start. Okay, my next point is around privilege. I just don't see people addressing or owning their privilege enough when it comes to talking about decluttering. It is an immensely privileged thing, position, to even have items that we feel like we've got too much of in the first place. For people who have grown up with or have very little, the idea of hoarding is actually quite logical and the idea of throwing things away or donating them feels strange and maybe even unsafe. So decluttering is not always as black and white as it's made out to be and that is precisely why it's so hard for so many people because 
Clutter and decluttering is complex and emotional and it's linked to our histories and our culture. So I just ask for generally whether whether you're um, someone who's interested in decluttering or you read a lot of decluttering material to just refrain from judgment and try to think about uh, the fact that we all have different histories and experiences and cultural experience that will impact how we approach clutter. I'm always trying to be mindful of that in my work, but I know that I could get this wrong at any point, but I will try my best to incorporate that generally in my work. All right, my next rant slash tip is that you, when you embark on decluttering, you will need to get used to living with less stuff generally. Fewer clothes, fewer hairbrushes, um, even fewer food items in your cupboards, things like that. Um, minimalism isn't the goal here. However, you do need to get used to the idea of having less stuff around you. And again, that is a bit of a mindset shift. And I'm not talking about minimalist levels of stuff, but just less. My next tip is clean up. There is a difference between mess and clutter. They are definitely connected and interlinked. But again, I don't quite see people talking about this enough because often there is a step that needs to happen in your home before you get to the clutter. And that is the tidying and the cleaning. That's doing the washing up, drying it and putting it away, putting the laundry away, putting the toys away um, and actually getting learning to be a little bit more on top of your mess is it going to be a really key part of your ongoing decluttering journey in terms of actually achieving that nice calm space um, you're going to need to be better at sort of dealing with the daily mess um, and again just don't see people talking about that very much and it can be absolutely herculean so maybe before you even start to think about your clutter you just need to try and get a little bit more of a handle on your daily mess of course they're interlinked so if you can I want you to also be decluttering so that you have less mess to tidy up. Um, but just as a starting point, you might just need to do that little bit of mess management. Similar to the previous point, my next tip is to clean and clear your windows. Again, it sounds really simple, but making sure that your windows aren't filthy or blocked is going to have a really big impact on the light levels in your room. Um, so again, clean them Reg as regularly as you're able to um, so that you get that lovely um, view out to the garden and so you've got lots of light coming into your home um, and also connected to that if your curtains are currently blocking a lot of the light because of the way the curtain pole is hung then consider getting a new curtain pole and maybe even curtains so ideally your curtain pole should be hung high to the ceiling as high as it can go and it should extend on either side of your window by about three to four feet um, and that means that when you open your window when you open your curtains sorry the curtains aren't blocking any of the light um, so if your curtain rail is broken if your blind is broken um, these are all things that are going to really affect the light in the room so yeah clean your windows and clear your curtains Okay, next on my ranty list is the importance of flat surfaces. 
And okay, actually, I do hear people talking about this, but I just wanted to include it in this podcast because of how important it is in the pursuit of a decluttered, clear space, the flat surfaces are. So your flat surfaces are absolutely critical to that feeling of a clear, calm, uncluttered space. So what a flat surface is any, literally any flat surface. So it's obviously it's kitchen worktops, but it's also um, coffee tables, tables, kitchen islands, bedside tables, shelves, any flat surface. So if you are struggling to really kind of get, reach those levels that you want to get to of calmness in your home, then shift focus to clearing your flat surfaces. And in order to clear your flat surfaces, you need to clear out your hidden storage. So the kitchen cabinets or a cupboard um, to make space in there in order to store what's currently being stored on your flat surfaces inside your cupboards. So a really good example of this is often people have a lot of appliances on their kitchen counters that simply do not need to be there. What I instead encourage you to do is to um, empty out your kitchen cupboards, take a Saturday, empty the cupboards out, sort through the stuff, get rid of anything that's not been touched or eaten in a long time. You'll then have space in your cupboards to store things like the blender, even the toaster, anything that's not used on a, you know, multiple times a day, um, really ideally should be stored in, inside your kitchen cabinets. Connected to the previous point is the importance of a multi-purpose item. Again, don't really see, hear people talking about this. So whether it's kitchen appliances, think for example, the food processor, rather than having a mandolin, uh, a mixer, a, oh, I don't know what else, but you know, try to get an appliance or a gadget that does a lot of things rather than lots of individual uh, things with an individual use. Um, it, this is even true for toiletries. Like, could you get away with a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner rather than the two? Or a face oil that also acts as a cleanser, for example. So generally, you want to choose a multi-tool or a multi-use product to save precious space. Okay, we're getting a bit deep now. My next tip is, drumroll please, stop buying things. I know, I know, it's hard, but think about it. If your spaces feel overwhelming and full of stuff, you need to stop new stuff coming in or operate a one in, one out policy. Sometimes this is the first thing that you need to do in your decluttering journey. Before you even pick up a box or open a cupboard, you need to make a commitment to yourself to stop buying things or at least be much more discerning about what you allow to come in. This also applies to items offered to you from well-meaning friends and family members. This is often a huge cause of clutter in homes. Um, you do not need to take it even if it is free or cheap be truly discerning about whether you really, really need it. When you have children, you will often have a lot more stuff that you need to keep on top of when it comes to clutter. So what I have is a constant charity shop bag hung in the wardrobe in the coat cupboard. Um, and that is where I am putting, as I'm doing the laundry, pajamas and clothes and things that they've grown out of are put straight from the wash into the charity shop bag. Um, so, and same with toys that they're not playing with, same with craft stuff. You want to keep it moving because kids do come with a lot of stuff. Okay, slightly connected to the last point is to address your consumerism. 
This is probably the thing that I hear least from people in the decluttering industry. And that is because decluttering is itself a very profitable consumerist industry. When you think about all of the storage solutions that are sold, for example, in the cleaning products. Um, however, I think that so much of our problem with stuff is because we live in a very capitalist, consumerist society. And truly, I believe that in order to make a, a real difference to the amounts of clutter in your home, it is going to have to go to this deep level of looking at your own consumerism and where you do allow things to tempt you and where you uh, are sucked in to promotions. So something that you can do to uh, help yourself in this regard is uh, unfollow people on social media who make you feel like you need all the new things, unsubscribe or unfollow the, your favourite brands. Um, and it can, can be temporary, um, but it's all about removing yourself from those sort of spheres where you are heavily influenced to buy stuff all the time. Giving yourself a break from it, um, or at least being much more discerning about which brands you follow and really making yourself question whether you truly need it. Where will this item go? Do I actually have a gap for it in my wardrobe? Do I truly need this? Um, so... Yes, I realise that this is a bit of a deep one, but it is critical, I think, to maintaining, to reaching a true state of decluttered living. Okay, this next one. This is for you if you have ever decluttered only to find yourself surrounded by clutter again. And that is because there is a big difference between deep decluttering and maintenance decluttering. Deep decluttering, are that's the more common declutter um, and that's the sort of Conmarie level of decluttering. Or for you, it might have been a, you were moving house or uh, you were moving your bedroom around and it ended up with a huge big declutter. Um, or you end up doing your kitchen cabinets all in one go. That's a deep declutter. And then a maintenance declutter is something I don't hear people talking about enough. And that is what is required to maintain the levels of declutteredness. So that's about managing what's coming into the house and you know the one in one out but it's also um under the knowledge that you will need to maintain it that you that things will clutter up again and, and that that's okay and then that's really normal but it's about those new habits and routines that are part of maintenance decluttering about putting things where they belong and tidying things away at the end of the night so you have not failed if you have done some decluttering and then things have got cluttered again. What has probably happened is you just need to spend a little bit more time on the maintenance side of things and setting up some systems and routines that are going to support your newly decluttered living. Okay, my last one. This is about the people you live with. So if you live alone, this does not apply to you. But if you don't live alone, then you will need the support of your household. You cannot and should not be doing this alone. I sort of lose it a little bit when clients come to me uh, trying to declutter their whole homes by themselves. Even if the people you share your home with have busy jobs that mean that they can't be there as much as you're there, I believe that everyone should be involved in this and that this work shouldn't fall solely on your shoulder. And I have so far only, I've worked exclusively with women so far. Um, so if 
that is you, if you're drowning under the overwhelm of your clutter, um, please just stop and get your family together, get your household, your housemates together and explain. So you need to communicate, um, explain why this is important. This isn't just frivolous stuff. This is connected to uh, your the whole household's happiness and mental health, um, that this is really actually important and that you do expect their support. So whether that is in the new routines in uh, and systems to maintain a nice decluttered space, or if that is in them decluttering their own stuff or helping you to declutter the communal stuff. Um, it's really important that you ask for their support. So this is something that comes up so much on my e-courses, um, like what happens when you when you've got reluctant husband or children, um, and ultimately you need to explain why it's important, why this is about far more than just faffing, um, that it's about mental health and happiness and the smooth running of the home. But if they still aren't convinced that it's that important, then the it's just about you explaining why this matters to you, that this is something that's really important for you. And if all else fails, that should help because they love you and they, they want to support you, even if they don't understand it. Okay, so... I want you to get the involvement of your household. Even young children will enjoy sorting things out or at least making a potion with the old cans and spices and dried stuff that you're getting rid of. Um, so yeah, don't do it alone. And that's it. They are all the things that make me irate about the decluttering world. I would love to hear from you. Where have you got stuck and where have you felt really annoyed by some of the decluttering advice out there? Send me a DM or an email and I would love to share a few of the comments in next month's episode. Don't forget to sign up for my Freshness Challenge if you like the sound of today's episode at tinyurl.com slash freshnesschallenge. So if you enjoyed this, if you're feeling motivated, if you've got a fire in your belly, then come and join me. And this challenge is for everyone. It's for, I've had borderline hoarders join in as well as professional organisers. And that is because clutter affects us all. Life happens, clutter gathers, and it's normal to need to go over things again and have a maintenance declutter or a refresh. Uh, yeah, so I would love to have you. Until next time.